Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of Kidbrook's Insights podcast, covering the most prominent trends and the latest technological advancements in the rapidly transforming wealth management industry. I'm Zalia Gindulina, the head of business development, and I'm joined by Natalie Burke, our marketing expert. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm really excited to get into our episode today because we have a new guest on the show. Uh, we're joined by Eric Brodin, our technical expert at Kidbrook, an ex-McKinsey uh, data science lead in the Nordic region, as well as um, an ex-portfolio manager and hedge fund quant in fixed income. So welcome. Indeed, as the world seemingly heads into the economic slowdown, we are going to explore how much the financial analytics can help people to try to navigate uh, the increased uncertainty of their financial well-being. But first things first, Eric, uh, would you kindly introduce yourself and tell us more about your background? Yes, and and thank you for having me. Uh, Great pleasure. Uh, My name is Eric Brodin, and I've been working at Kidbroke for uh, one and a half year. As you said, I've been uh, doing a lot of different stuff before. Uh, I came from a quantitative background. Uh, I have a PhD in mathematical statistics, and then I joined the financial sector working in investment banking, uh, and then I turned into hedge fund work, and also had an own book, Trading Bonds. Uh, After a time, I was more interested in impact and how to use technology, so I joined uh, McKinsey, Mm -hmm. uh, spent roughly one year there, and uh, now I'm back uh, in the financial industry, uh, helping Kidbroke with uh, uh, the technology parts and also with the business development. Exciting. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Um, So let's talk a little about the state of the world that we see today. Now, there's several factors that are at play when we see the inflation rates all over Europe reaching the levels that we haven't seen in a long while. The situation in the world right now is dramatic, isn't it? We have the Russian invasion of Ukraine threatening to cause the disruption of grain exports to the emerging world, as well as affecting the European energy supply. And then we also have the effects of the pandemic at play as the awakening in the new reality causes uh, the government support to run dry and some businesses Some businesses have sadly shut down. So finally, we see the outcome of the contractionary policies of the central banks. So what do you what do you think about this? Well, it's it's certainly different times than we thought we should be in last year, even considering that we were in a pandemic. Um, I think also we need to add uh, what uh, China is doing and and what happens there. Uh, I think that's also really interesting to add to the picture. Uh, From an economic perspective, my view, as, as you kind of state, it's, it's too uncertain to predict the future with certainty. Uh, so many things are happening. Uh, what we know is that the central bank is trying to reduce inflation by increasing rates as well as doing other monetary measures. And, but at the same time, uh, the employment environment is still strong, especially in the US. So it's going quite well in some areas. Uh, hopefully, the banks will 
succeed in lowering the inflation, but unfortunately, there is no consensus among uh, economists that they will do. Um, from a market perspective, uh, which is not always right, uh, the inflation will be high until 2024, and rates will then stabilize uh, about 2 to 3 percent. And for uh, the end customer or the ordinary people, what that will do is, is the mortgage rates in Sweden will be roughly 3 to 4 percent. Wow. Yes, I think that's uh, quite different from uh, what we are expecting or what we are having uh, nowadays. Yeah. Uh, so. Unfortunately, it seems that there is a high risk that we're going into a gloomy economical future. Um, but what I think is more interesting, actually, than to think about this gloominess is, is to, I think it's very important to think how to act in these stressed scenarios and how to plan. Uh, as we all know that these things have happened before, I think you should go back and, and, and learn about the past. Uh, like the oil crisis or the financial crisis in 2008 uh, to see what, what will happen. Uh, and, and using that information, you can actually plan for the future, even if it's not going real well. Well, uh, this doesn't sound very positive, but uh, at the same time, uh, there is, has always been uh, a lot of happening in the world and not always uh, the bright and sunny picture. Uh, exactly. So, uh, how should one actually handle this environment and how do you think financial institutions should help their customers uh, during these times? Well, um, I actually think that these two questions go hand in hand. Uh, it's hard to make up a plan without help and the financial institutions should there be there for the customers to help. Uh, I think what is key that one is having information. Uh, you have advice from people who actually have experience and, and actually work with these kind of questions. And also that you have potential tools for planning so you can see what will go on in the future. Uh, of course, you can spend time doing this research yourself uh, and do the planning using Excel or some other tools. But I think that's not for everyone. And it's also pretty risky that you make mistakes. Uh, I think then the financial institution should take this opportunity to really help their customers. For example, they should provide the information needed, they should provide the advice needed, and also the tools for the customer to feel safe. Uh, for instance, uh, you have the advisors, which you can talk to, or digital channels. Uh, I think the key question everyone is having is, will my money lost? And if you're not happy or can answer that question, you will not feel well. Uh, I think it's a really good opportunity to inform people and educate people now, now when the economies come into attention. And uh, ideally, you should have done this before the crisis, but that second, you should do it right away. Mm -hmm. mm. And, and I agree that um, education is key, isn't it, for people to feel more confident in the management of their finances, particularly right now. So do you think technology has a role to play in the current crisis? And if so, what role do you think technology has? And do you have any examples of the best practices? I think actually technology has or is the key to, to plan a personal economy. Uh, you cannot keep track of everything in your head and you cannot visualize and, and understand and, and, and look at risk scenarios uh, 
uh, without using technology. Uh, I don't know how many Excel sheets there exist out there, uh, personal or by professionals. And uh, I don't think that is effective. I think you should have the self-services uh, for, from the financial institution. And also, I think the advisors should have good tools to share. Um, and, and what is really important, and I think that is the best practice for me, is, is that you should gather all the information you're having about your economy, future spendings, current saving, future savings, etc. And ensure that you not jeopardizing your economy by spending too much. Uh, I think also that is what I'm doing personally. I actually have that uh, information stored and I look at at it uh, on a regular basis. And and also I, I kind of plan for a long time forward, even after my retirement. Uh, it it sounds like actually something we do uh, at Kidbrook as well, right? So, <laughs> but I, I, th- <laughs> I think it's no surprise that I'm working at Kidbrook. But I think that's one of the reasons I would like to work uh, at Kidbrook because I think it's it's a really good thing what we're doing. Uh, actually, I'm a little bit biased at Kidbrook, but I think it's really <laughs> important that. The financial institution is, is is are helping the end customers, even if it's not Kidbrook. I think it's uh, a big responsibility, and I'm, I'm that's one of the big reasons that I'm I'm here because I really believe that we do it really well, and it's really good to help people. So, how do you think uh, Kidbrook's outrank? could help the financial institutions to navigate this crisis? Well, in, in simple words, uh, Outrank, the product, is, is actually the tool that do what I describe. Uh, obviously, it's an API, so mm-hmm. you need to have a front-end. Uh, and uh, with the front-end, you can actually start doing stuff. So with Outrank, you can investigate and also give advice on the future, given a person's spending or saving. Uh, how you do it is, is that you combined cash flows uh, in the future uh, with an economical uh, scenario generator. Mm -hmm. So it's actually considered different types of bad or good economical turnovers. Mm -hmm. And then you can see and you can understand if your money will lost or Mm not. Uh, Also, think we can discuss outrank in particular what what is truly unique is it's lightning fast mm-hmm. uh, if you sit and give advice or if you are using self-service if you have a lot of waiting it's you, you lose attention uh, so uh, one yeah. of the thing with outrank is it's such a fast computational software so you can do it interactively mm-hmm. also it's realistic uh, the economical scenarios it's considering uh, are as bad as bad things could happen or good as good thing could happen as well as we considering all aspects of the financial uh, environment uh, for a person including tax Uh, there are not so many technologies that actually support uh, the tax that might change in the future Great. That's interesting. It's a great synopsis of Outrank, actually. Um, So the global pandemic accelerated the digitalization of the economies across the world and across the industries. So do you believe the current crisis could slow down this process? When you think about it, when when the pandemic 
started, uh, we actually saw a big leap in digitalization due to people starting to work at home. Uh, so uh, the companies were forced to provide good digitalization for homework. And I think once that has started, people get used to do everything from their home, regardless if it's work or it's shopping or anything else. And if they are used to that, they expect it, and then I think it will happen. And, and that is actually, for me, through digitalization. You can do everything from anywhere. So I think digitalization will increase just because we have been used to it. However, what I also think should be discussed is, is digitalization is not for all people. Uh, we have a large portion of the population uh, who are not uh, so interested or, or have education in technology. And I think it's very dangerous if you kind of make everything digital first without considering that everything should be available for everyone, even people are not so digitalized. Uh, that's uh, a very good point. Uh, what do you think uh, one should do with these people then? Should uh, one preserve uh, some sort of a hybrid setup or have uh, provide an opportunity for them to go to yes, the physical I offices? Think, I think that's actually a responsibility. Obviously, you should educate and train people, but I think it's, it's a responsibility to also make able services uh, for non-digital people. And I, I see it also if you consider financial planning. It's it's uh, you have advisors which people mm -hmm. like to use, uh, but some people like to do it digital by themselves. Uh, and I think that's one combination that that should exist. It's a hybrid world we're living in. In terms of digitalization, it is clear that the world kind of becomes a little bit easier for those who want to uh, do everything digitally and a bit harder for those who would prefer to have a bit more face-to-face -face contact. But uh, in terms of what is happening in the world, right, it's still uh, a lot of these complex processes and quite a gloomy economic picture. So what advice would you give to our listeners, um, wealth managers and uh, financial planners to kind of cope with the current situation? Well, I, I think it's like toothbrushing, uh, <laughs> pretty boring. Uh, it's, I think the key things, you should always keep track of your expenses. Uh, you should always save money without risking it if you need it. Uh, if you have debt, and the possibility to amortize, you should do it. And obviously you should plan for bad weather, not for plan for the good weather. Uh, I think here it's important that you should also talk to people who are interesting, more interesting than you. Uh, I know a lot of people are not interesting in their financial economy. Uh, I think it's boring. But take opportunity to learn from other people. If it's uh, from your network or your friends or from financial institution, it's always good to talk to people and get different aspects. Uh, and for the financial planners and wealth managers, I think the responsibility here is, is to really help people. Uh, and please automate tools so you keep track of how people's economy is going so you can be proactive and help them provide information and also provide the tools so your customers will 
be secured in this situation. Uh, just like a, a quick one before we move on to a different topic, uh, it seems like the financial planners uh, and wealth managers do still uh, feel a little bit threatened by so much digitalization in the industry. What do you think about that? Uh, I don't think they feel threatening. Uh, I think uh, I think they see the potential, and obviously. Uh, when you see potential, you, you want to form it. So it's it's more about the pace to be comfortable with it. Obviously, you have uh, wealth managers who are, are not digitalized, as you have ordinary people who are not digitalized. Uh, but uh, for me, it's, it's uh, more about finding the opportunities so you have the timing. I think a lot of wealth managers are so focusing on helping their customers. Uh, they don't have time to digitalize. Mm-hmm. which you can understand but i think then it's important to kind of talk about it's it's not very hard to digitalize a little bit and start the journey yeah that's true so some people believe that these these current times um, will be a big test for the fintech industry do you agree with that do you think that this field would retain its demand during the harder times Oh, that's that's a little bit of different topics, but very yeah. interesting, of course. Uh, from my perspective, I, I think I, I think it will be back to basic. Uh, I think it will be more focused to revenues rather than growth. Um, however, I think it actually can be a good thing uh, because you get more focused, and um, I think the demand from customers are still there. Uh, it, you just need to find the right forms, providing a, a good company that are helping the customers. Uh, what I think also is interesting is is that when you have these this, uh, slumps in the economy, etc., I think it's a great opportunity for partnerships. Uh, I think uh, the old world uh, should and, and could and potentially will take the opportunity to, to start to uh, collaborate more, uh, maybe create partnerships or if you have lower valuation you can actually buy i think that is an interesting piece and see what will happen and and hopefully then you can combine the both world uh, helping the customers yeah this really seems like a part of a trend of you know like the entire ecosystem and wealth tech starting to form and it's really exciting what's going to happen next but thank you so much eric um yeah thank you eric yeah, thank you very much it was that was it for today and thank you so much for joining us we hope you enjoyed our podcast and we'll listen in again next time in several weeks don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter and social media channels to stay updated have a wonderful morning afternoon or evening wherever you are joining us from bye 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 everybody